It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's, it's the, the Sports, sports Rush, Rush with Brett Rush. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Clark, 11 yards, touchdown! Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, most interesting, most important person of all time. You are here we go. Taking it home on a Monday. It is the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. I am Brett Rump along with Adam Lundy. Did you watch the Grammys last night? This song makes me feel like the Grammys. They did a lot of party music. Everything from Motown and Stevie Wonder. Not a big Grammy You're guy. You're not a Grammy guy. No, I, I kind of listen to music that I would... thought you would be the demographic that would be locked into the Grammys last night. No, it's me, the old guy, watching the <laughs> Grammys and all the tributes to hip-hop and the 50 years of rap. Cool. I, I mean, oh, yeah. It was Julio, LL Cool J... Awesome. Dr. Dre. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not I'm not a big Grammy guy. I listen to a lot of people that will probably never see a Grammys in their life. Really? Yeah. Cuz I uh you know who won a Grammy last night was Ozzy Osbourne. What recently did he? recently announced that he's not going to tour anymore, but he won a Grammy. Um what did Lizzo. He win? Yeah. Won the big award. What did I'm still what did he win on a Grammy for? Did he I don't I don't know. <laughs> I think I actually heard Caleb and Kenny mention it this morning. Um, the things you learned from listening to those guys. He won four Grammys. Wait, wait, what? Ozzy won four Grammys? Metal performance, rock album, rock song, and rock performance. Man, they're just they're just giving him all the awards before it's too late. They're giving <laughs> Ozzy is what, 70, 75? 74. You were close. 74. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and his body has gotten to a point where he just can't tour anymore. So he's announced he's done touring. Uh, but uh, good night for Ozzy. Yeah. Four six eight six two is Parkview Sports Medicine text line. Four six eight six two. Questions, comments, suggestions. Always love to hear from you. Uh, don't forget coming up this Wednesday. I almost said Friday. <laughs> Wednesday we are going to be at Christopher James Menswear. Both Adam and I. We'll be on location. You can stop out, say hi, and get yourself signed up for prizes. Uh, we'll have some giveaways. We'll have some prizes you can register to win. Uh, can't can't reveal the specifics. Oh, no. No. No, it's like uh, we're like that company that posts a great price that you have to put in your cart to find the price. <laughs> You've got to come to Christopher James Menswear and find out the great prizes that we're giving away. Uh, but we do have a prize pack that we're going to be taking with us as we broadcast the show live from Christopher James Menswear. Always great to have an excuse to get out of the studio, get on the road, and hopefully meet you that listen to us each day because it's our opportunity. And uh, if you're driving home on West Jefferson, swing on in to Covington Plaza. You'll find Christopher James Menswear, and it's the setup for the big sale. The big They've got super savings. The big game. Yes. Yes. And it's a super sale. 
they'll have 50 to 75 percent off the regular price. So I, I hope you come out, say hi to us, take a look at the store and, uh, you know, no shopping required. But uh, while you're there, check out the great people, nice people at uh, Christopher James Menswear. We'll be broadcasting live there four to six coming up on Wednesday for a special roadshow edition of the Sports Rush. Of course, on Saturday, it was the big one down in Bloomington. Indiana defeats Purdue 79-74. The two bigs both played pretty well against one another. In fact, uh, Zach Eady was typical Zach Eady. Yeah. I mean, he may have cemented his player of the year status going up against a superstar and still putting up 33 points on 15 of 19 shooting. Four yeah. misses out of 19 shots. Yeah, the biggest the biggest thing against him in that game was those turnovers. The turnovers, yeah. Yeah, he panicked a little bit in the double team, but he had he had five turnovers. But he had 33 yeah. points, 18 rebounds, 10 offensive rebounds, and was a plus three when he was on the floor. Um, you know, the, the guy who really struggled there was Mason Gillis was a minus 11. But, um, and Caleb first, by the way was a uh, team high plus six. So, you know, first and Gillis kind of have their time. So that means probably Gillis played more of the first half. Did first pick up a couple of fouls? Is that what it was? I think he picked up a couple of fouls and maybe sat a good portion of the first half. I'm trying to remember exactly when first played. But uh, but anyway, Edie with 33 and 18, and Trace Jackson Davis with 25 and 7. Uh, he had uh, 25 points on 9 of 19 shooting, not quite as efficient, but did get to the free throw line nine times, converted seven of them for his 25 points. Also, five block shots by Trace Jackson Davis. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I said I thought freshman would be the X factor. Jalen hood Shafino against the outstanding freshman guards for Purdue with uh, Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith. And advantage, Jalen hood Shafino, And let's not forget Malik Renu, because he also was a factor. He played really well. He was three for three, two for two at the line, eight points, four rebounds, couple of offensive rebounds, thought he played hard defensively. Uh, and so a good game for Renu. So advantage for the freshman goes to Indiana. And the game goes to Indiana. But here's the great respect for Indiana is that they knock off Purdue, but they don't knock Purdue out of the number one spot. Purdue is still number one, according to today's Associated Press rankings. And to me, that's not only respect for Purdue, that's respect for Indiana. Yeah, I mean, it's saying that this is such a challenging game that we understand that, you know, the the likelihood of you winning it was not as high. So we understand that you, you know, you had a tough challenge and we're not going to take that away. So we yeah, know it's not a bad loss. No, you're still in our minds, the best team in the country. And in the second half, you proved it when you outscored Indiana 39 to 29 after falling behind. You made the halftime adjustments. You improved your play in the second half. You looked like a number one team in the country to us in that second half. Yes. You just fell short. I think a non-number one team in the nation would certainly not have come back from that 15 deficit at halftime in assembly. No, it ended up being a 10 point, you know, 10, 15 point loss. They, you know, maybe played even or something like that. Yeah. It uh, shows a lot about the character of Purdue. And let me just say this, too. Uh, I want to get this out real quick, Adam. 
one of the best moments I saw after the game was the reporters at the press conference asking Braden Smith about the late turnover. Yeah. And he tried to explain what happened in his mind from his vantage point that uh, Mason was open in the corner. He didn't get it to him in time. And Zach Eady showed a moment to the world that every team should have somebody like this protecting them. And and Zach Eady grabbed the microphone and said, it's not just that play. We had a number of plays throughout the game where we didn't execute or we made mistakes. I had my share. I didn't play perfect. It didn't come down to that play. And I think it's unfair criticism, even though that was a big play in the game. And I understand that you spotlight that one. That was not the play that was the decisive play of why we lost. Great moment by Zach Eady. It's it's what every team should have. Leaders should step up and be accountable. And Zach Eady did that at the press conference. Yeah, that was a really, uh, really nice leadership moment there from uh, Zach. And you can kind of see the uh, impression that Matt Painter has left on his players. Well, I and speaking say. of Matt Painter, what about Matt Painter's press conference? That was fantastic stuff, too. Wasn't bitter, wasn't angry, you know, didn't come in and blame officials or anything else. Came in. Gave credit to Trace Jackson Davis, talked about what a great person he was, uh, brought up the moment that Trace Jackson Davis uh, called Matt Painter personally after the death of Caleb Swanigan. And it, uh, I mean, everybody thought that's the kind of coach you want to play for, somebody like that. And, uh, and so it'll be interesting when these two teams hook up again coming up last weekend of February at Mackey Arena. But speaking of Mackey Arena and an Indiana-Purdue game, yesterday, kind of before the Grammys, it was the women's game between Indiana and Purdue. Yeah. Packed house. Now, we've talked about Indiana's women drawing over 10,000 fans, setting record crowds. What about Purdue? They filled it. 14,700 and some in the house for the... Boilermakers game against the Indiana Hoosiers. Unfortunately, it didn't go the same way as the game in Bloomington when Indiana had a packed house in the men's game. And uh, the Purdue Boilermakers fell to the Indiana Hoosiers by a final score of 69 to 46. Now, if you do the math, and I know we didn't tell you before the show that math would be required today, Adam, but that's a 23-point game, right? Let me take you through the last three Indiana games. Two games ago, they played Rutgers. The final score was 91 to 68. What's the difference? 23. 23 points. Woo! Okay. What was the difference yesterday? Can I get the score again? 23. Oh. <laughs> 23 points. <laughs> I thought you were going to make me do math again. <laughs> it was 69 46, 23 points. But, but what's remarkable is the game in between that they played against Minnesota. The final score, 77-54. 23. Three straight games that the Indiana women have won by exactly 23 points. Wow. Yeah, it'd be great if they could make a four in a row because you know what they got next? Who is that? Caitlin Clark and the Iowa Hawkeyes. Big game. After the rankings came out today, it is now a top-five matchup. Indiana all the way up to number two in the country behind South Carolina 
and Iowa now in the top five at number five in Bloomington coming up on Thursday night. Wow. That's going to, they're going to, uh, I'll just say this. They will beat the record of 10,700 or whatever it was that was set last week. I think they will so. Yeah. Beat that record. They will have 11,000 plus, maybe 12,000 because this is a huge game coming up on Thursday. Indiana hosting Iowa women's basketball. It is going to be televised too. So for those of us here in the Fort Wayne area that can't make it down, Big Ten Network will have the coverage coming up on Thursday night. 46862's Parkview Sports Medicine text line, 46862. Mad Ants were in action earlier today in their alternate home. Oh, down at uh, Gainbridge. Gainbridge Fieldhouse. They took on Capital City, which was a team they played here a couple of days ago and then went down and decided to uh, to play at their alternate home. And uh, they ended up losing to Capital City today, losing to the Go-Go by a final score, 126-123. It's kind of a shame Mad Hands got Terry Taylor. They, they added him to the roster because he's an Indiana Pacer, and it didn't help. They lost after beating Capital City here in Fort Wayne. Uh, they lose at Gainbridge, 126-123 earlier today. Colt still searching. This is fascinating. Ian Rappaport, a very respected NFL reporter, uh, has come out and said, quote, odds are leaning against Jeff Saturday getting the permanent head coaching position with Indianapolis Colts. It's positive news, in my opinion. That is positive news for all Colts fans. Yes. Uh, Ian Rappaport reported that, and uh, I saw it posted by Sam Marsdale on 24-7 Sports, as he quoted Ian Rappaport, as his report said, according to sources, odds are leaning against Jeff Saturday being the next Indianapolis head coach. So it's officially Super Bowl week now. We've had the week off, and Kansas City has already arrived in Glendale, which, by the way, is a suburb of Phoenix. Yeah, we had uh, someone ask us where Glendale was. Uh, Let's just think like New Haven to Fort Wayne. Okay, Glendale is basically the community that is a suburb of Phoenix where the stadium is actually built. Um, but uh, but it, it's all part of the Phoenix area. You got Glendale on the west side. You got Scottsdale on kind of the north, north, west, northeast side. Why are they all Dales? I, I don't know. Why <laughs> they sh- should they be Vils? I like it better than Dale. Everything's the Scottsdale. Scottsdale, Glenville. Yeah, there you go. I don't, I'm not a fan of the Dales. I wonder what where that came from because yeah you just brought up a point. We're all Vills, correct? Hicksville. What other Ville do we have? Jeffersonville. Jeffersonville. Louisville. Over there, or Louisville. Yeah, over there they're all uh, Dales. Imagine it, Hicksdale. Ugh. Or Louisdale. <laughs> All right, we're off. We're off. We're off topic. (laughs) Thanks for bringing it up. My bad. My bad. There's no math, but we are on a history lesson now. Why on the eastern half of the country or whatever it is, are we Vils? But yet around Phoenix, there's Scottsdale. There's, well, Peoria is not really a Dale, but there's Scottsdale. There's Mesa, Peoria, Glendale. A lot of Dales. Good observation. You've really got me thinking now. I can't even go on with the show. We've got to talk to Don Fisher. He's going to be joining us coming up on the other side of the break. But I was going to ask, and I want to pose this question and open up the uh, Parkview Sports Medicine text line at 46862. Your thoughts 
on what we saw this weekend. The flag football, the skills challenges. Uh, I didn't watch a whole lot of the skills challenges. I thought those were a little goofy and corny. You know what it reminded me of? And people that are my age will remember this. The show Superstars, I think it was called, where uh, way back when you had professional athletes and some actors that competed in these obstacle courses and did these silly games. Uh, very similar to that kind of stuff. But um, but I didn't think the flag football was as bad as I thought it was going to be. It was a little fun. We, we like to have a little fun. Yeah, I mean, it was just a fun game with great athletes. But uh, And it moved fairly quickly, fairly quickly. I thought it could move maybe faster. But uh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. But certainly, would I miss it if it wasn't done? Nah, not really. But what were your thoughts about uh, the Pro Bowl activities over the weekend that took place in Las Vegas? 46862, Parkview Sports Medicine text line. We'll take a break. Don Fisher next here on the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. I am Brett Rump along with Adam Lundy, taking you home on this glorious Monday. And, of course, being Monday, it's time for our 15 Minutes with Fish. Presented, as always, by Cruzy Automotive Service. Make sure you tell them you heard here on the Sports Rush. You can pick up that oil change for just $19.90. You'll save 17 bucks off an oil change, whether it's synthetic uh, whether it's maybe six quart, you've got that extra oil. Uh, you'll get your five quart regular oil change for just nineteen dollars ninety cents, and you can ask for it at Cruzy Automotive Service, K R U S E, tucked away behind the Shell gas station on Lima Road, north of Wallen, south of Till. Call for an appointment at four eight nine ten eighty nine four eight nine ten eighty nine. And hey, hey, it's a great week to talk to Don Fisher. Don, what a game. How about it? Indiana, Purdue, lived up to the hype, satisfied the home crowd. You know, you've been involved with a lot of atmospheres, great atmospheres there at Assembly Hall. What was it like Saturday compared to some of those great atmospheres you've had a chance to be a part of? Well, it was like, uh, it's it's been like that many, many, many times throughout the years. When you play the number one team in the country, no matter who it is, and they come to your facility, you're going to have an electric atmosphere. Uh, and especially if you've got a basketball team that's capable of maybe knocking that number one team off. And that's certainly what we saw on Saturday. Uh, it was just from the very beginning, long before the, I mean, they literally let the students in early because they'd been standing out there for hours uh, looking to get the best seats in the house as far as the student section was concerned. And so they let those students in. I, I get there probably an hour, about two and a half hours before tip time, maybe three sometimes. I got in there about three hours in this particular situation, and they let the students in about 30 minutes after I got there. So we were hearing the crowd long before everybody else got in the building just because the student section was always already uh, rambunctious in, in regard to what they were doing before the ball game. You know, going into this game, I said uh, that I thought the X Factor was going to be the freshman guards for both sides with Jalen Hood Shafino uh, going up against Braden Smith and maybe even a little bit of that Fletcher Lawyer, although they aren't going to guard each other. But, uh, but just, you know, I thought the centers would maybe cancel each other out. You've got dominant bigs on both ends of the floor. But I thought Jalen Hood Shafino, his elevated play and how he outplayed Braden Smith, big part of this ballgame. 
Well, there's no question about that. In fact, Huchifino knocked in the last couple of baskets for Indiana uh, from the field in this contest. And, of course, Race Thompson hit a couple of key free throws there, too, uh, in the end. But it was a, a, a one-point ball game with uh, two minutes and a second remaining in the contest. Uh, I think at that point, Race hit a couple of free throws, and then it was Huchifino who basically stole the show at the end of the contest. But he was really, really good in this ball game. He ended up hitting eight of his 15 shots. He had 16 points. He had four assists, only one turnover in the ball game, a couple of steals. Um, he was the difference maker because the guards for Purdue, uh, both of them struggled in this game, especially Braden uh, Smith from a shooting perspective. He was just one of eight. Lawyer did knock down 12 points, but it took him 12 shots to get that done, and he only hit one three. So when you look at this ball game, it was probably the guard play that decided the contest, and Huchifino was one of the primary reasons why. And that's not to take anything away from uh, Trace or from uh, Trey Galloway, because I thought he played really well in this game as well. You know, uh, Indiana fans always want to find the thorn among the rows. And, you know, this team played great defense, just high intensity, forcing pressure on the guards, creating turnovers. Why can't they do that every game? <laughs> well, I can tell you this. The energy level they put out in the first half of this ball game was significant. Um, they were playing so hard at the defensive end of the floor, trying to make it tough on Purdue and kind of establishing the tone of the ball game. Uh, I think they kind of ran out of gas a little bit at the end. I, I think they, I, I do think that they were tired at the end. Galloway got knocked to the floor a couple of times late in the contest, and, and you could see it was really wearing on him just how difficult uh, it was to, to exert the kind of energy that he was doing earlier in the contest. Huchifino continued on his way, though, and he did a great job in that regard. I thought Tamar Bates did some really good things in this game, too. Probably didn't get a lot of credit because he only hit one of three shots. But in the time that he was in there, he car- he handled the basketball at times, did a nice job of passing it. But this was really a team game. I mean, again, Indiana, everybody that played in this contest, and it was a short lineup this time. Only eight guys got in. Malik Renew played really well when he was in there. Tamar Bates, I thought, played well, as I told you. And Caleb Banks came off the bench again. He only played six and a half minutes in the game, but he was two for four from the field, got three rebounds. He's becoming more and more of a factor, so another freshman is starting to step up. We've talked about how Indiana defended the Purdue guards. They did allow Zach Eady to have 33 and 16, or 33 and 18. Yeah, Yeah. let's give credit where credit is due. Uh, The numbers get so ridiculous, you can't even add them up anymore. Uh, 33 and 18, but they did do the job on the rest of the team. Is is that the blueprint? Do you think you've got to just accept that Zach Eady is going to get his and the the difference in the game is going to be how well you defend the other four on the floor? Yeah, and, and, and they tried to double-team him. I think there were more double-teams on Edie in the first half than there were in the second half. Uh, I, I think maybe uh, they Purdue did something to change that as well with their adjustments at halftime. And Matt Painter, of course, is a, a terrific coach and, and makes really good adjustments for this ball club. But Edie was the primary focus in the second half. They really tried to get the ball to him. And he was able to get the ball. I mean, here's the other thing. He is so he is 7'4". He's 300 pounds. Uh, he, you're not going to move him. And, and he literally gets out there and within 10 feet of the basket, I mean, when he turns around his wingspan and everything, he could almost lay it in from 10 feet out. So 
if you get him 10 feet from the basket and let him get there, you're going to have real problems stopping him. And his touch is so good now. He has made so much improvement with his game and his footwork. But he did turn the ball over five times in the game. That tells you that Indiana wasn't just taking one guy and putting one guy on him. They were double teaming a lot and doing as much damage to him as they possibly could. Indiana, a 79-74 winner over the Purdue Boilermakers. And, of course, everybody, hold your breath because here comes Rutgers. And (laughs) I talked to a coach last week about this, about whether it's, it's easier to bounce back from a tough loss or to bounce back from a highly emotional win. And the coach mm-hmm. told me they think coming off a really emotional win, it's harder to get your focus and get your edge, and, and that's the way they referred to it, uh, for another tough opponent in a short turnaround. This is a fairly short turnaround, and Rutgers, obviously, a very dangerous team. What, what are going to be the keys to tomorrow night's contest down in Bloomington? Well, I, again, I, I think the real key is if Indiana can run its offense without as much difficulty as they seem to always have against Rutgers because Rutgers' defense, in my opinion, is as good as anybody's in the country. And I'm not kidding. I'm talking about defense first for them, and that's the way Steve Peichel coaches. His kids are tough-minded. Uh, they are intense level guys that just never, that, that's what they give you every time you walk out on the floor. And last year, of course, if you remember, uh, they got beat by Rutgers at home. I, I take that back. Maybe it was, no, it was last year. At any rate, uh, or it was two years ago. But Rutgers beat Indiana at home on a last second shot by Ron Harper. And he's no longer there. That's the good news in that regard. But at the same time, they just play so hard at the defensive end of the floor. Omorier has had real ish. I mean, Trace Jackson Davis has struggled against uh, Cliff Omori. Uh, there's, there's little question that Jackson Davis has had more problem with him than any other post player in the league. And that includes Kofi Coburn, who he outplayed last year uh, in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, so you're talking about a guy, this Omori, who is obviously one of those guys that just does a terrific job of staying down on the low post, getting behind Trace, not letting him do exactly what he wants to do. And if they can do that again, it's going to make Indiana a really a team that's going to have to knock down shots from outside, and they don't give you a lot of room to do that. So I, I think the challenge, and of course, Indiana's lost six in a row to them, uh, eight of the last nine games that they've played. Rutgers has won. This is a team that Indiana needs to beat, and they've got to do it if they hope to stay in the hunt for the Big Ten title or that top four spots in the Big Ten tournament because you get that double buy if you're in the top four. So Indiana right now has got to do something special in this ball game, and I think you're right. The emotion that Indiana played with on Saturday, they've got to carry that over somehow or re-energize themselves to play like that against this Rutgers team Tuesday night. Don, this uh, year in football season, we had the induction to the Indiana Athletics Hall of Fame, and now you've got that great celebration yesterday honoring the 50 years of being the broadcaster. I'm starting to wonder, is this some kind of a farewell tour? Are you? <laughs> do you no, know? I'm not. No, this is the oddity is that's what it starts to feel like to everybody. They're all going, "This is it for you, huh?" I actually had a guy that did a caricature of me and painted a caricature of me and brought it up to me and gave it to me with a note. And I didn't get a chance to read the note until I got home on Saturday night. 
and it's it's he says this is a bittersweet moment for all of us IU fans. <laughs> he made it sound like I was retiring. I am not hanging it up just yet. I mean, it's not the the fact of the matter is uh, I could get fired or something like that. But at this juncture, I'm not ha- planning on hanging it up anytime <laughs> soon. Uh, but it, and and p- trust me, you won't know that I'm going to hang it up until I do. Because I'm not one of those guys that's going to go through the every place you go, they bring me a rocket chair or some kind of gift or some of that kind of stuff. No, that's not happening. So the last game that I do for Indiana, I'll be talking about that on the last game I do for Indiana. <laughs> well, I I do think it looks like your jersey's been retired. That's what the the photos look like. It looked like they're retiring your jersey. So I guess you're done, uh, yeah. Don. We look forward to many more years. You do uh, obviously a great job and have for so long, and uh, we appreciate you here every Monday. Thanks so much. Have a great week, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you next Monday. Thank you, Brett. I appreciate it. That is Don Fisher joining us on the Masters Heating and Cooling Hotline. And, of course, our 15 Minutes with Fish is presented by Cruzy Automotive Service, where you can get a $19.90 oil change. Just tell them you heard it here on the Sports Rush. Uh, We've got a We've got to move on. Always great to talk to Don Fisher. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was not a retirement ceremony that happened on Saturday. A celebration of 50 years of Don Fisher as the voice of the Hoosiers. We'll be back. It's the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Winding down, but we've got a big couple of hours ahead for you, including... The Matt Painter Show, still the number one team in the country, the Purdue Boilermakers. Matt Painter will come along at 6.05, and then right after at 7.05, you've got Inside Indiana Basketball with Mike Woodson coming off the big win. Yeah, I was just going to say, nothing to talk about between those two coaches, really. What do you expect now with Indiana and Rutgers? Can they back it up? Can they come back off that emotional high, court storming? Uh, By the way... Is court storming appropriate? That's the thing. That that was kind of one of the most hotly debated uh, topics at the result of the game was uh, should Indiana have stormed the court afterwards considering they're a ranked team? Why not? Why not? You're a ranked team beating another so, ranked team. Yeah, but, you know, there, there comes a point when you're good enough and have been good enough that you don't storm the court. Indiana hasn't been good enough. They haven't been able to beat Purdue. In my in, in my mind, that should flatter the Purdue Boilermakers that Indiana felt they were so far behind you that by beating you, they stormed the court. And, and in my mind, it's like, okay, as long as you don't get in the way with the players or confront players or get into any kind of, you know, confrontations – let kids be kids. Let them enjoy the moment. They came. They they many of them camped out and got tickets. And I have no problem if they want to be kids and and storm the court, celebrate like a bunch of students, like a bunch of drunk students. <laughs> let, let them have the court for their moment. Now, as a program, yeah, you don't want to have it happen too often because then it's a statement kind of against your program. But in this case, I felt like it was a statement that shows. Just how much respect Indiana has for the Purdue basketball team. The fact that knocking them off as a number one ranked team uh, gave them reason to storm the court. Purdue was number one. Okay, I mean this wasn't this wasn't a rivalry win. This was knocking off the number one team in the country. If that if that jersey had been Kansas, would anybody care that they stormed the court? If number one Kansas came into Assembly Hall 
with only one loss on the year and Indiana beat them, would we have any debate at all? I I honestly don't know if Indiana storms the court in that situation just because it's not Purdue. It's the number one team, I guarantee you. They're, they're looking for an excuse to get a good court storming in. Every kid kind of has it in them. You know, give me that big win where I can go storm the court. And, yeah. and then after they do it, you know what happens? After they do it, it's like it's like when you grow up and you keep thinking, I can't wait till I turn 21. Because I'm going to be able to go to the clubs. I'm going to be able to go to the bar. And then you do it and you think... This ain't all it's made out to be. I mean, what do you do once you get on the court? <laughs> yeah, it's like you get out in the court, you, you you see the same people you were just sitting with, and you're like, yay! And then you're like, okay, now we got to go home. Now we got to find the and bar. It wasn't <laughs> yeah. quite all it was made out to be, but you've got the experience. You know what? And, yeah, it's it's number one. Let them let them have their fun. But I think if you're gonna want to keep talking and talking smack like you're, you know, one of the top basketball teams in the Big Ten, then you can't act that like they're it's, not. They act like it. But they're not. <laughs> okay. You've got to understand where Indiana is. It's just confusing because it's like, do you think you're a good team or do you think you're a bad team that's getting a good win against this Purdue team now? I don't. They are what their record says they are. There you go. And they knocked off as a, as a 21st ranked team in the country, they knocked off number one. This isn't number two, number three. This is number one. Also, we got a text earlier on our text line about uh, the Zach Eady pulling the mic bit from Braden Smith. Yeah. And, and apparently there's a different opinion out there from Dan Dockage. Here's my problem. Okay. Zach Eady didn't take the mic and, and, and not let Braden Smith answer the question. Braden Smith handled it very well. He was very mature about responding to it. He said... You know, yeah, I held on to the ball a little too long. Gillis was open. I just held on to it too long, made a mistake. After Braden Smith had completely answered the reporter's question, then Zach Eady grabbed the mic and said, I want to add this point that we all made mistakes. And to call out that one and think that that's the only play that decided the game would be inaccurate. There was... Now, I would... I would agree with Dockage if, when they asked Braden Smith the question, Edie didn't let him answer, took the mic before e, or the, before Smith could respond, kind of like protecting him that way. Mm-hmm. But to stand up and, and hold yourself accountable and not put all the fault on one t- per teammate, I have respect for Zach Edie. I think that's the right thing to do. Let him answer the question. Let him take personal accountability for the mistake he made, which he did. Which Dockage doesn't point out. Dockage, no. Dockage basically, you know, says he gets all the praise and all the, you know, the accolades, but yet he can't take the criticism. And it's like, no, he took the criticism. He gave a good answer and said, I knew he was open the play before. I saw him open this time and I just didn't get it to him soon enough. I held on to the ball too long. My bad. Then Zach Eady took the mic. I... I think in this case, sorry, Double D, you're wrong. Got a uh, little bit of breaking news here in the NFL. The Vikings are set to hire Steelers senior defensive assistant and law linebacker coach Brian Flores uh-huh. as their new defensive coordinator. So he will be headed to Minnesota to become their defensive coordinator. Um, he'll be charged with improving Minnesota's defense. 
which uh, had some problems last year. Certainly a job that needs to be done. <laughs> uh, also, uh, the Colts continued their search, and now they're on, is it round three? Have they started round three interviews? It seems like we're starting to learn that the list is dwindling, but the big news today, Ian Rappaport uh, reporting that the odds are, quote, leaning against Jeff Saturday as getting the job in Indianapolis. Uh, yep, they are into a third round. And uh, Wink Martindale, is he getting a third round? I just, there's no possible way. Please do not hire him. All I will think every time we refer to the Colts is about game shows. And uh, I don't need to do that. 46862, Parkview Sports Medicine text line. By the way, big congrats to one of our local products. We've had him on the show before. I'd love to have him on again. Maybe our schedules will work out where we'll be able to connect with him. But uh, Huntington North grad, and Bluffton resident, E.J. Hackett, the champion of the bowling world. He won the U.S. Open Bowling Championship yesterday. <laughs> Local guy doing terrific things. And uh, so congratulations. You know, E.J. Hackett used to be a golfer at Purdue-Fort Wayne. Wow. So I, did, I learned that through Billy King, the golf coach. When Hackett was having success on the professional bowlers tour, the PBA, mm-hmm. and uh, and Billy mentioned, you know, he's from this area and and kind of tipped me off to to keep an eye on him. And of course, I've seen him now have success. We've had him on the program, but um, but yeah, he was a a former golfer at uh, or yeah, golfer. Pretty and, cool. And now is a professional bowler, winning championships. He's got the triple crown of uh, bowling so i guess you could say best bowler in the world right now if there's a number one ranking i would think he would be the guy that has to own it so congratulations to him also new college basketball rankings released we talked about this the purdue boilermakers are number one in the country still how many teams i wonder lose and maintain a number one ranking Great respect, Indiana, because they're not considering it a bad loss for Purdue. And respect to Purdue, because they're saying, you know, you got beat, but we still think you're better than anyone else in the country, despite the loss. Purdue, number one. Indiana jumps up three spots, despite a one-in-one week. Indiana moves up to number 18. Out of the poll this week, the Florida Atlantic Owls. I thought we, oh, there we are. Yeah, we, I thought we had our owl. Yeah, the owls of Boca Raton, Florida, fall out of the pole after suffering a loss to UAB last week. But, by the way, I think there needs to be a new rule. I have a rental car right now because mine's in the shop. It took a blank and uh, I had to take it to the shop. Of course, you know where I've got it, Cruzy Automotive Service. But uh, I think there should be a new rule that when you get a rental car, you are required to return it to the state in which that car has been registered. You know what the plate is on the back of my car? What would that be? Florida. <laughs> Got to take it. Got to. Hey, boss, I'm going to be gone a couple of days. Got to take my rental car back. <laughs> Got to take it back. Got to go to the Sunshine State, return my rental car. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's it's got Florida plates. It's like calling my name. So, uh so anyway, uh, don't forget Wednesday, we've got a big show on the road. We will be at Christopher James Menswear. That's right. It is their big sale tied into the big game. 
where you can save 50 to 75%. I mean, these are real savings off quality menswear. A lot of the top names and fashions. Doesn't matter if you need uh, something for winter, like a sweater, maybe some denim. Uh, you can save. So come on out, see us, check out the store. Uh, we'll have some some uh, trinkets to give away. We'll have some things that we'll be giving away. So make your plan to be with us. It is Wednesday, a hump day edition of the Sports Rush on the road at Christopher James Men's where so many people drive down West Jefferson, right? Going from the downtown area on out to the southwest suburbs. And so stop on by, say hi. Adam and I will both be there on Wednesday from 4 to 6. Hope to see you at Christopher James Menswear in Covington Plaza. We'll take a time out. We're going to come back. We'll tell you what's on tap later tonight. And uh, what else is on tap coming up tomorrow? This is the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. After some reports that there might be a third team involved in the Kyrie Irving deal, we find out from Sham Sharania that uh, it is a completed deal with just the two teams. So Kyrie Irving to the Dallas Mavericks is done. That will do it for us on this edition of the Sports Rush. Don't forget, we've got the Matt Painter Show, 605. We've got Inside IU Basketball with Mike Woodson at 705. And then tomorrow, we're back 4 to 6. Taking you home on your Tuesday with the Sports Rush. Thanks to our guest, Comet Hockey Coach Ben Boudreaux, and Hall of Fame voice of the Indiana Hoosiers, Don Fisher. Hope you have a great Monday night. We're back tomorrow. This has been the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.